today. We are wrapping up our series today called Christmas, What's the Point? And we've been talking a lot this series about the whole point of Christmas is Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus is the reason for the season. You can't have Christmas without Christ. And here's what I love. I love the fact that Jesus was born in a stable. He was born in a manger. He wasn't born on a throne. See, though he was king, he came in a very different way. He came in a way that God wanted to make sure that this gift to humanity was available to everyone. For all who would call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I was thinking about this last week. I mean, I want you to consider this with me. God could not make himself bigger to impress us, so he made himself smaller to attract us. Come on, how many of you love that about God? He comes to earth in the form of a baby. And so again, the whole reason for the season is Jesus Christ. And it's important that we keep that at the forefront of our focus because we said, you know, we've been saying that there's a lot of other things that could come in. You know, there's, there's the shopping and the decorating and the cooking and the food. Come on, somebody. Mm. Is anybody excited about the food? Okay, so it's just me. The Bible says buffet your body. It's in there. Watch it. Read it. So anyway, there's the food. There's the cooking. There's the parties. There's the presents. There's the lights. There's all of these things. Please don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with these things. They're all very good But if you're not careful, all of these things can cloud out the meaning of Christmas. And the meaning of Christmas is Jesus Christ. And so we've got to make sure that we don't miss Christ at Christmas time. And so we've been talking about this over the past couple of weeks. And so week one, we talked about all of the ones who missed that first Christmas. I mean, Christmas was there under their nose and yet they missed it. When we said, hey, there's a reason why even today people are missing Christmas. It's because we're too busy. You remember the innkeeper? Too busy, too much going on. God, I don't have time for all of this. And another reason why I think we miss Christmas is because we're just indifferent. We just, you know, we don't care. We've got this going on and that going on and, and, and I've got everything I need. And then the third reason why I think we miss Christmas is because we're afraid. We're afraid to give God every area of our lives because then we feel like we won't have control. And so we talked about all of that and what it looks like why so many people miss that first Christmas. And then last week, we talked about the ones who actually did not miss Christmas. The ones that were there on that first Christmas and some of the decisions that they were making. And we said, hey, we've got to be willing to make some of these decisions in our own heart. And so what was that? We've got to have contemplation. We've got to have those moments where we're willing to reflect and contemplate on God's Word. Remember we talked about the first 15. The first 15 minutes of your day before you get the hustle and bustle going. What do you do? You're going to spend five minutes in the Word, five minutes in worship, five minutes in prayer. Just starting your day off. Contemplation. Then we said we want to cooperate with God's will. You know what? We may not always understand. We may not always have the answers. But God, if you said this, then I'm going to trust you and I'm going all in and I'm going to cooperate with you. And then we said we want to celebrate God's presence. Come on, this is the day the Lord has made. And what are we going to do? We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. We're going to celebrate God's presence. And then there's the dedication. We're going to be dedicated 
to God's gifts. And so we talked about all of that last week. This week, I want to wrap this whole series up by talking about how do we keep the spirit of Christmas throughout the whole year? How do we keep the Christmas spirit? Because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Christmas is a magical time of the year. I mean, there's, there's, there's the songs being sung. There's everything happening. The kids are filled with anticipation and excitement. And then 24 hours after Christmas, there's like this slump that people go into. So it's almost like you go from celebration to depression real quick. Especially with them credit card bills coming in. Amen. But anyway, and I begin to think about why doesn't the spirit of Christmas last? And I think there's several reasons for that. One would be the parties are over. Come on, because when Christmas time, you're having parties, you're gathering, you're eating. Come on, men, wild gang meal. Holla. Amen. I mean, all this food, all of these things, the party's over. Not partying anymore. And then the friends and relatives begin to leave. And so now we feel like, well, I, you know, I'm not connecting when my family's not here. Uh, you know, decorations come down. Come on, decorations come down. Now, some of y'all leave them up all year long. Not judging, nothing wrong with that. Amen. Keep them up. But decorations come down. You know, you know, no more presents to unwrap. Come on, sad times. Amen. No more presents to unwrap. The diet begins. Come on, somebody. How many of you get a little depressed thinking about the diet in January that you know you're going to have to go on? But I think one of the factors that we all tend to miss out on as to why we can't keep the spirit of Christmas going is because the music stops. The music stops. Listen to me. If you want the spirit of Christmas to last beyond December the 25th, you have to carry the songs of Christmas in your heart all year long. I mean, think about it. Since Thanksgiving or even before, we've been hearing all these songs about Jesus. You know, it's joy to the world and go tell it on the mountain and Noel and silent night and all of these songs that we're singing. But the problem is within a few hours after Christmas, the songs get put away as well as the spirit of Christmas gets put away as well. And so here's what you have to understand. Again, if you want Christmas to last, you have to carry the songs of Christmas in your heart all year long. Because I believe there were songs on that first Christmas that were sang. I believe Mary had a song and Zechariah had a song and the angels had a song. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to look at the songs that were sang on that first Christmas. And then how can we sing those songs? What is required of us to continue to keep Christmas lasting all year long? So let's start with Mary. Mary had a song. And Mary's song was simply this. Amazing Grace. Think about that. Of all the women that God could have chosen, He chose Mary. And Mary's response was to worship. It was to sing. Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and 49, watch this. Mary responded this way. How did she respond? Oh, my soul praises the Lord. What's she doing? She's singing. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Watch this. He took notice of his lowly servant, God. God, of all of the people, you're noticing me. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace, your mercy, you notice me. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and has done great things for me. Watch this. He shows mercy, mercy, grace from generation to generation to all who fear him. 
Mary's song was a song of amazing grace. And when you begin to think about the grace of God, the grace of God actually has three pillars to the grace of God. Here's the first one. You might want to write this down. Number one, God knows me. God knows me. Turn to somebody and say, God knows you. Now look at that other person and say, no, no, the real you. Amen. Come on, the real you. How many of you know there's a you and there's a real you? Is anybody? Yes. You know what I'm talking about. I've all time, I, I say this all the time, dating brings out the best of you, but marriage brings out the rest of you. Come on, how many of you know, it's not fun when people figure out the rest of you. And so oftentimes we, we keep different areas of our life hidden because we don't really want other people to know us. But there is a God in heaven that really knows you. Let me prove it to you. Psalms chapter 139 verses 1 through 6. And then we'll drop down to verse 16. It says, Lord, you have examined my heart. Watch this. You know everything about me. Come on. How many of you know God knows everything about you? You know when I sit down, when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel, when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. Come on. How many of you know that little thought in your head? And it's about to come out here. God said, yeah, I got all that. I know it. Now skip down to verse 16. Watch this. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How many of you know God knows you? God knows you. And here's what you have to understand. You don't have to do anything grand or amazing to get noticed by God. Because God knew you before there even was a you. God created you. He formed you in your mother's womb. Before the foundations of the earth, God had you in mind. He knows you. He created you. David said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And you may have heard this before. But here's what you need to understand. What all does that entail? God created me. How much technology did he put in me? Well, let me just reveal to you a few things. You have eyes that have 100 million receptors that allow you to enjoy watching an eagle fly or a snowflake fall. You have ears that have 24,000 fibers that are vibrating that allow you to hear the crash of the ocean or the song of a robin. You have a heart that will beat 36 million times this year. It will pump 600,000 of blood through your body, through 60,000 miles of blood vessels, veins, and arteries. You have four quarts of blood in your body, and in that blood there are 22 trillion cells. In each cell there are millions of molecules, and in each molecule there's an atom. Each second, two million cells die and two million cells reproduce themselves. Some of you have a brain that weighs three pounds. You have a brain that weighs three pounds. You'll get that later. In your brain, there are four million pain sensors, 500,000 touch detectors, 200,000 temperature gauges in your body to make sure you don't blow up and explode or freeze to death. And this is the body that God has given to you. And if he would pour that much technology into a body that will decay and die, wonder what he's put in your spirit that is eternal and wonder what the value of that is. Turn to somebody and say, God knows me. He knows me. 
But here's the amazing part. Here's the second pillar of grace. Not only does God know me, but God loves me. Come on, God loves me. And it's interesting because when you think of the word love, it's probably one of the most overused and misunderstood words in the English language. I mean, we use it to describe everything. How many of you would say, I love food? Come on, any foodies in the house? I love food. Come on. How many of you would say, I love sweet tea? Any, come on, Joko, amen? Go to Bojangles and order some sweet tea. How many of you know that'll change your life, amen? It'll change you. And we use that word love for so many things. I love food. I love sweet tea. I love my family. I love the Carolina Tar Heels. We throw that word around all the time, but sometimes I I wonder, do we really understand what that word means? See, John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. The love of God is the most powerful force on the planet. And the sad truth is, I've talked to people all of the time, and many people feel like they don't deserve that kind of love. I don't deserve it. Maybe because of the mistakes you've made or maybe because of your past. Maybe there's regret in the life that you've lived and, and, and they truly feel like they cannot be loved and accepted by God. You know, one year I thought about our son Caleb and, and, and Lane, our oldest son. This has been a few years back. He told Caleb, he said, Caleb, your name's on the naughty list. You're not getting a present this year. And Caleb was so upset, he's looking up under the tree. He doesn't see any present with his name on it. And he's having a meltdown because his name is on the naughty list. And he's all to pieces. And I begin to think about that because sometimes I wonder, as adults, if we view God through that same filter. If we think that the only way I can be worthy of God's love is if I make the right list or if I do the right things, if I say the right things. But hear me today, Christmas is the story of God's best stepping into our worst. Even when you don't feel lovable, even when there's things about your life that you wish you could change. And listen, there's going to be individuals that's going to constantly bring up your past. But hear me today. God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Remember when you were growing up and you used to go to Sunday school and we had that little song that we would sing? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. How many of you remember that old song? Listen, if that's all you know, that's all you need to know. Why? Because God so loved the world. God knows me. God loves me. Here's the pillar, the third pillar of grace. God forgives me. God forgives me. And you need to grab hold of that. You need to internalize that because We live in a society where we're so quick to write people off. We look at people and we say, oh, you know what? They're too far gone. They're a lost cause. And, and, you know, I've talked to people before that said, you know, man, pastor, you don't understand the life I've lived. You, You don't understand the mistakes I've made. And some of them would walk into the church and they walk in the doors and they say, man, I saw people in church I never thought I'd see. Come on, have you ever walked in the church and looked across the aisle, looked across the other side of the space and said, man, what are they doing here? Come on, have you ever said that? Listen, if you hadn't said it, somebody's saying it about you. Amen. That's just the way it is. 
But listen, how many of you know that God can reach to the uttermost? He can reach to the uttermost. Sometimes the grace, mercy, and forgiveness of God will surprise you. Just when you think there's no hope, there's no way, that person is way too far gone. Listen, no one is beyond the reach of God's forgiveness. See, when nobody else was giving you a chance, God was still holding out hope for you. Man, aren't you glad that the love and mercy and the forgiveness of God is not conditional, but it reaches to the ends of the earth? Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. I love this scripture. It says, therefore, Jesus is able once and forever to save, and I'll say to the uttermost. Jesus is once and forever to save to the uttermost those who come to God through Him. He always lives to make intercession for them. If you want to keep the spirit of Christmas in your heart all year long, you've got to remember the three pillars of Mary's song, Amazing Grace. God knows me, God loves me, and God forgives me. But I thought about Zechariah. Zechariah had a song. His song was Amazing Gift. Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist and he's 80 years old or so when he heard that Jesus was going to be born. And what did he do? He sang. Luke chapter 1 verse 68 and 69. Watch what he says here. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. Watch this. He has sent us a mighty Savior. What a gift. He sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of His servant David. Again, this is a song that talks about the amazing gift. It talks about the first Christmas gift that was ever given was Jesus Christ. The whole tradition of Christmas given is based on the fact that God gave us His Son. He gave us the very best He could. Now, I've come across a story just this past week of a little girl... And the parents wanted her to understand the real meaning of Christmas. And so they explained to her that, you know, we give gifts in order to honor Jesus' birth. So that's why we give each other's gifts. And so the next day after Christmas, the mom walks by the room and the little girl is telling her older sister, she's like, you know what? I sure hope Mary has another baby. (laughs) Some of y'all get it later. Zechariah sings, what an amazing gift this is that God has come to visit us. God has come to redeem us. And that is the good news of Christmas. That God is not only with us, but he's come to set us free. Set us free from what? Free from worry and guilt and shame and pain and stress. Free from meaninglessness. You want your life to mean something. God sets you free from all of that. And Zechariah says, amazing, God has sent a Savior, someone to help us. Have you ever found yourself needing a little help? You ever find yourself maybe even right now needing some help? 2020, come on, how many of you know we need a little help? Listen, unto you has been born a Savior, Jesus Christ. And what an amazing gift that is. So all year long, you have to be willing to sing the song, Amazing Grace. God knows me, loves me, forgives me. He's also sent this amazing gift, Jesus Christ, to come that I might have life and have it more abundantly. But then the angels had a song. Their song was one of amazing glory. Amazing glory. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14 
Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appear with the angel, praising God and singing, here it is, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. This is the song of amazing glory. The angels saw the whole plan of God unfolding, that God was coming to this earth to give us peace to the hearts of those who were open to him. And how many of you know we need a little peace right now? Especially in the year that we're in, the year that we're about to come out of. I mean, it's, it's been a year of stress. It's been a year of confusion. It's been a year of chaos. It's been a year that has been anything but peace. But hear me today. There will be no lasting peace in the world until the Prince of Peace is invited into our hearts. That's the only way we can have peace. So if you want peace today in the midst of a storm, in the midst of chaos and confusion, listen, when you make peace with God, you get the peace of God. And when you have the peace of God, you can have peace with others. It all starts with opening our heart and receiving this amazing gift that God has given us and just saying, God, thank you, reflecting his glory. So I begin to wonder... Out of all of these songs, how can that relate to me? Where, where's the application? God, let's, let's bring this home. What, what does that mean for me? If you want Christmas to last all year long, here's three things you've got to do. Number one, you've got to remember God's grace. Remember God's grace. You've got to remind yourself of this all year long, how good God is to you. Because the enemy of your soul loves to come and put labels on you. Have you ever been placed, uh, uh, had a bad label placed on you? Somebody ever said something hurtful to you? Something bad about you? That label that's put on you? That label of fear and insecurity? Some people carry a label of failure. Divorcee, addict, alcoholic. All of these labels that the enemy of your soul loves to put on you. But here's the reality. When we live by the labels we receive, we always live our life missing something. We're missing something. There's always something that we don't get because we were never intended to have someone else tell us who we are. And this isn't in your notes, so you might want to write this down. This kind of, you know, I was thinking about that this morning. The only person that has a right to label you is your maker. How many of you know God is your maker? The only person that has a right to label you is your maker. It doesn't matter what people are going to talk. People are going to say what they want to say. They're going to do what they want to do. But listen, those labels don't have to stick to you because there's a God in heaven that knows you, loves you, and has forgiven you. And he tells you what you are. So we need to grab hold of that. That God is our maker. He loves me. He cares for me. He knows me and he's forgiven me. So we've got to remember God's grace. Here's the second thing we've got to do. We've got to receive God's gift. Receive God's gift. You know what that means? That means simply just accepting Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. And not just as Savior of the world, but your Savior. Your personal Savior. Who is Jesus to you? Is he just someone that you hear about? Is it just, you know, something, you know, maybe you just come to church on Easter and Christmas and man, thank God you're here. 
But who is Jesus to you? Who do you say he is? You've got to be willing to accept God's gift. Because listen, if you don't have God in your heart, you'll never find Christmas under a tree. It's got to be in your heart. It's got to be in your heart. You've got to be willing to receive God's gift. And then here's the third thing. You've also got to be willing to reflect God's glory. Reflect God's glory. How do I do that? I mean, think about it. That's like trying to capture Niagara Falls in a teacup, man. It's just it's impossible. How do I reflect God's glory? Listen, you know the greatest gift that you can give Jesus Christ is you. That's how you reflect the glory of God. You give Him all of your heart and all of your life. You give Him everything you've got. That's how you reflect the glory of God. Again, it's all about keeping the songs in your heart. And if you keep the songs in your heart, Christmas will last all year long. Stand with me all over the house. Father, we thank you for these moments. We thank you for the privilege of serving you and worshiping you. You're the reason. You're the reason why we sing. You're the reason why we can have hope in a hopeless world. You're our comforter. Come on, look at me just for a minute. How many of you guys in here are cold nature? Everybody just cold nature. My wife is cold nature. Okay? When she goes to bed, Okay, we've got sheets. We've got a big blanket. I mean, this thing's huge. And it's, it's hot. I, I, don't, I don't need anything. Just let me be. She's over here. She has a blanket on the bed. She lays on that, wraps up like a cocoon, puts another blanket on, puts the sheet on, and puts the big blanket on top of her. Come on, is anybody else feeling that pain? Cold nature, you know, just, just got to keep warm. You know, I was thinking the other day that in life that sometimes can be cold and hard, we have a comforter called the Holy Spirit. It's almost like a, a warm, you know, my boys, they love for me to throw something in the dryer, you know, throw the shirts in the dryer, throw them a little blanket in the dryer, and they'll run in there and grab that thing and wrap up with it. And they wrap up with it and they say, oh, it feels so good. And that's the Holy Spirit. In a world that's cold, in a world that can beat you up, in a world that wants to label you and tell you everything that you're not, the Holy Spirit of God comes in like a comforter and wraps around you. Says, hey, I got you. I've got you. And I love you. He cares for you. Man, I don't know where you are right now. You know, I thought about Miss Gina. Miss Gina's back there in the back, and she's running our sound. And her family uh, suffered the loss of her uncle this past week, Mr. Keith Mazingo. Great man of God. Great man of God. I remember when I was a youth pastor, and I said, Keith, I want to take the boys camping. I want, let's just go out. Let's be all we could be. He said, count me in. He cooked some chickens on the grill for us that night. We were sitting there and 
you know, we were way, I mean, like way back, like way back in the woods. And we were there and it got really dark. And the boys heard something, you know, running around outside. They were all scared. And Mr. Keith stood up. He said, boys, he said, don't worry about it. He said, that's just them ring-eyed bandits out there running around. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about the raccoons out there. And so he calmed the whole place. And I began to think about old Keith. He's spending his first Christmas in glory. He's with Jesus right now. But we want to pray for that family. And Miss Doris sitting here, we continue to pray for her. And so many more who maybe have an empty seat this year around their table. Life sometimes can be hard. For some of you right now, maybe you've, maybe you've suffered some loss in 2020. Maybe a loss of a job. Loss of a relationship. Maybe the enemy of your soul is whispering in your ear and he's, he's telling you everything you're not. And, and what you're doing is you're allowing the enemy to cause you to miss the point of Christmas. The point of Christmas is Jesus Christ coming into your heart, coming into your life and saying, you know what? You're blessed. You're favored. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. I've redeemed you. I've saved you. I know you. I've forgiven you. Listen, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. If Jesus isn't condemning you, don't listen to anybody else that wants to. He's got something great for your life. And listen, it's not too late. The greatest Christmas gift you can receive is to accept Christ into your heart right now. The greatest gift you can give to Jesus is just give Him your life. So all over this place, I want to kind of ask you a question. Where are you at? Where are you at in your relationship with Him? Is He just someone that you know as the Savior of the world? Or do you know Him as your personal Savior? Where are you at? Can I, can I ask you a question? And I ask this from time to time. How are you doing? And then let me preface it by saying, Really? Because, you know, people come up and, you know, I'm saying, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Blah, blah, blah. Miss Leanne, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Blah, 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 blah. No, you're not. <laughs> how are you really doing? Where are you at right now? Listen, look around this room. You're not alone. Regardless of what the enemy has told you, you're not alone. You're not by yourself. God loves you. And I believe he's brought you here. If nothing else, man, we're going to give you some air hugs, you know, COVID. We're going to give you some air hugs. And then once we all get the vaccine and we grow two heads, man, it's going to be awesome. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I'm playing. <clears throat> I don't want anyone in this room feeling like you've got to be lonely this Christmas because you don't there's a God that loves you and he wants to take up residence right here and so I wish you just just bow your heads with me for a moment Father we love you and Father we thank you for these moments 
And God, right now, we've come to a part in our service where it's decision time. It's decision time. And God, we want to make a decision today to go all in for you. We don't want to just know you as the Savior of the world. We want to know you as our personal Savior. Because God, at the end of the day, I don't want to go through this season and miss what this season is all about. It's you. And so I'm going to ask you guys a question. Heads bowed all over the house. I just want to ask you a question. Where are you at? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord? Have you accepted Him as your Savior? If not, then I want to give you an opportunity right now all over this room. You know where you are. If you say, Pastor, man, I'm ready to go all in. Would you just be willing to slip a hand real quick? Just say, Pastor, that's me. Been doing life alone. Been trying to do it on my own. I'm ready to go in for him. Just slip a hand right where you are. Maybe you're in the house today and you say, Pastor, man, this year has been tough on me and my family. And I need prayer. I'm going through some tough times right now. Could you slip a hand? And let's pray for you. Seize these hands all over the house. He sees them. He sees them. Father, you saw every hand that was raised. And God, I don't know what each and every one of these individuals are going through. I don't know what they're battling, what they're facing. But God, you do. Because you know us. And so Father, right now, I just pray that angels will be dispatched. Lord, that you would remove every barrier that is in front of these people. And God, that you would wrap your arms around them like a comforter, like a blanket, Father, in the cold of winter. Lord, help them to feel your presence. Help them to know that you're there. Help us to all keep these songs in our heart to worship you, God. The songs of amazing grace, the song of an amazing gift, and the song of the amazing glory. May these songs resonate in our hearts that we can keep Christmas throughout the year. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, guys. Give God a big hand clap of praise all over the church today. Now I want you to turn around and look at somebody because listen, 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 listen. This is the last Sunday we'll have in-person services this year. It's sad. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. Turn to that other person and say, I guess I'll miss you too. Amen. I'm going to miss you. But hey, guys, don't forget next week, Thursday, 2 o'clock, Christmas Eve service right here. It's going to be amazing. And then next Sunday, we're doing online services. You'll get to see all of the location pastors. We've all got a part in that. And uh, there'll be some worship and all that. It's going to be a great service. So guys, you know how we do. We dismiss you in sections, if you will.